Greetings and welcome to Marriage Talk. This is Lucy and I'm going to be your co-host for this course of the year. Thank you for everyone who has journeyed with us on this course of doing the podcast. We're so grateful to have so many people join in from various parts of the city and the world. And um, we want to thank you for listening to us and we hope that if this blesses you, you can share this with people who you think this can help. Uh, we're changing the format a little bit this year on the way we'll be doing the marriage talk. And from all the feedback that we've received, we'll be intending to bring in more relatable topics um, in this coming year. Uh, we hope this blesses you like the way it has in the past and probably bring more change in people who are looking to get married and people who have been married uh, for the course of time. My name is Priji and I'm excited uh, that we are changing the format of this conversation and uh, I'm glad Lucy that you're joining us for this year and we are going to uh, bring in content that is going to definitely be helpful and it will be a blessing to our people wherever they are and I'm really believing that these conversations will be very authentic. It will come from a place that we have gone through, you know, the, the situations that we've gone through and even the couples that we interview on this podcast, I'm praying and hoping that their experiences and their revelations from their relationship will be an eye-opener for our listeners. And thank you for agreeing to doing this. And well, thank you so much for I'm having me. I'm excited for today's conversation. and This, this podcast has been a blessing to me, truly, like the marriage has been. I hope it does the same for the, all our listeners. Uh, coming into uh, what we can bring to the table, um, I want to talk a little more about um, in-laws or rather not just in-laws. When, when I say in-laws, I don't want to restrict it to a mother-in-law or a father-in-law, but just the extended family mm. per se. Uh, I think I in remember, India, it's a big thing, right? Yeah. The extended family uh, being involved in a marriage may not actually look like a threat or a problem outside India. I don't know if it does, but at least in India... This is a big issue because yeah. that's the culture we are from and that's what we have seen in our, you know, extended families and marriages and um, where we minister in our churches. We've seen people have a lot of issues because of uh, the in-laws and their extended families being involved in sure. the in the marriage. Uh, so I think that this is a very culture-specific problem. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's something that we should discuss on. Yeah, yeah I've heard so many times... Uh, in this course of just being alive, <laughs> I've heard so many times people tell me that, you know, a marriage is when uh, two families come together. Um, it, I, I used to wonder, and, and I've been told that myself when I got married, you know, like by people that, oh, don't just think about yourself. It is not only about you and your husband. It's, it is about the two families that come together so you know you have to learn to adjust you have to learn to make compromises and and for a very long time I struggled with mm -hmm. that idea um, but yeah I, I, I hope that that you know, I, I'm glad that that has changed mm. for me in you know like at least the thought of yeah. that has changed you know the, the thing is that in a sense it may be that it, two families are coming together because of a marriage in a sense, it can be that two churches are coming together True. because of a marriage. Mm. Uh, two ministries can come together. Two anointings can come together because of a marriage. But marriage is not that. Mm. You know, Marriage can cause two families to come together. 
marriage can cause a lot of things on the outside like two ministries to come together i was in delhi the other week and uh, one of my sons who is pastoring the church there he had his own ministry his wife had her own ministry before the marriage uh, but when they got married they let go of their individual ministry names and titles and they came together to start a new ministry together and that is a new ministry that was formed and two ministries became one wow. through that but we can't say that about every marriage we can't say that marriage has to bring mm. two ministries together yeah that's the same thing about families if we make it a essential thing that every marriage needs to bring two families together mm. then we are putting uh, unbiblical expectation on marriage see our definition for marriage comes from scripture it doesn't come from what is practiced in india or what is practiced back in africa or what is practiced in a you know culture that we uh, adore on television our definition of marriage comes from scripture and the biblical definition of marriage is a man he leaves his father and mother and he cleaves to his wife and they become one which means it is impossible for you to consummate your marriage completely unless you disconnect from your parents from your families and you start your own family this is your family now true that is the biblical definition of marriage but it it is not right for us to say that marriage is about two families coming together mm. it can cause two families to come together but it is not about two families coming together yeah. uh, if we keep emphasizing that you know, i mean the kind of expectations that you know each family would have from the other family and each family would have from their child or the the daughter in law the son in law it is just so much that nobody can live up to their expectation because my father will have an expectation mother will have the children will have everybody will have expectations and it's just too hard to meet everybody's expectations and and there are bound to be problems and issues that can come as a result of holding on to that definition of two families coming yeah. together i'm not saying that when we don't have families there is no problems i'm just saying that it's not um, the purpose of marriage you know True. when you know that the purpose of marriage is for me to be one with my spouse i'm going to make sacrifices for it i'm going to change for it i'm going to put efforts to want to become one but when i define marriage as two families coming together but you know that is not what marriage is then you're trying so hard to get two families to so blend in but there's no anointing there because that's not god's plan or yeah. purpose for marriage yeah. you know and you're trying so hard to you know make it happen True. if it happens praise god you know so there's this unnecessary burden on either of the spouses to feel to oblige to that thought yeah. you know like the the husband uh, feels like Like he needs to be more uh, sensitive to what his in-laws are saying, and the woman feels just burdened yeah. on how to get all of this together and hold it all together. When honestly, her job is not that to exactly. hold it together. You know, the thing is, in Indian culture, we don't even expect the uh, guy and the girl to live away from the guy's parents. Yeah, we expect them to move away from the girl's parents, but you know, sometimes they don't even expect them to leave the guy's house and. 
it's actually frowned upon you yeah. know in some cultures to leave your parents house yeah. and start your own yeah. uh, house and you know live by yourself and all of that and i think that's very um binding and you know it actually puts that couple into a bondage because now these guys they can't really function as man and wife and they are fun- still functioning as son and daughter in law yeah, you so know true. in their own house they have to function as husband and wife they can't function as son and daughter in law as long as they remain a son and daughter in law they can never become the man and the woman of the house you know they'll always be under authority of their parents or their in-laws but if they can take that step to move out you know and live by themselves manage their own expenses manage their own income manage their own uh, cooking manage their own lifestyle their own schedule they set a new pattern of what goes and what doesn't go in their house so i think it's very necessary that we help our people to get out of that um, you know thinking that it is about two families coming together it is definitely not about two families yeah. coming together it is about two people who have a relationship with god coming together to form a marriage a family that is under god that is in submission to god paul would say this in the new testament in first corinthians 7 he said the head of the wife is the husband and the head of the husband is christ, christ himself it doesn't even say pastor it doesn't say the father-in-law or the mother-in-law nothing it says the head of husband is christ which means anyone else who is interfering into this relationship mm-hmm. between the man and the wife it's illegal wow it's unbiblical it is not allowed the only person who can enter into your married relationship is christ that finishes it and not even your children your children that you love dearly and you're saying that even they can't get involved in the mm. decision making and they can't get involved in how you run your marriage you know your marriage has to be between the wife the husband and christ jesus himself so i think in a understanding that bible provides us with we don't have a space for a loving families to come mm-hmm. into uh, to play a vital role in how we do marriage and what we do what we say how we live all of that and i think it's very necessary for us to you know get that understanding correct get yeah. our basics correct get it from scripture that it's about a man and a woman coming together yeah yeah and i don't know about the generation 9 i know things are changing but in our generation like the when when i came when i got married 15 years ago it was expected for a son to look after your your parents mm. you know and there's nothing as even though there's nothing wrong with the idea of having to look after your parents but it is such a um, unnecessary burden mm. you know that is put upon men especially on how they need to look after uh, their parents and so staying with them is so necessary you know and sometimes even if say you know if it's an arranged marriage or a love marriage they also say that oh you know what you're not capable of living by yourself mm. so it's good that you stay with your in-laws till you get a rhythm of how mm. you can work things out but like you said that is not what the bible says absolutely not. yeah i mean i think that you know we have to honor our parents no doubt about it we have to serve them when we need to there will be a time or there will be a season 
where we have to take care of them you know their health wouldn't allow them to live by themselves and we are there to serve them we are there to fellowship with them we are there to encourage them in that season but at least in the initial phases of your marriage it is very necessary that you detach so that you discover what your family looks like yeah and then when your parents come to live with you they are not still the head of the house you are mm. the head of the house they are guests in the house they are mm. allowed into your space into your environment to come and live with you you're not living with them you know when you're living with them their rules you know and their uh, routines and their cultures mm. uh, get the uh, you know dominance but when they come to live with you you get to set the rules you get to say this is the culture of this house this is the time we pray in this house this is the way we host people in this house mm. you know and you set the boundaries in your own home guys and girls alike you know should make it a priority to serve their parents and to love them and to help them and when they can they should serve them even by bring them over but it shouldn't be in their terms it should be in your terms True. you know that's when you're doing marriage correctly mm. that's when you're doing marriage the way god wants you to do otherwise we are just uh, trying to please everybody we are trying to be culturally relevant and in that process we end up missing out on what god ordained for a man to be and what god ordained the woman in that marriage to be true like i feel like a lot of people get confused with honoring your parents and obeying like they're mm. two different things absolutely yeah. very different and i think that obedience is important obedience has its own value uh, but there are certain times when you should prefer obeying god over obeying your physical parents yeah, you know yeah so true wow yeah and you can still honor them you can still love them you can still serve them but not necessarily 100% obey them when god is in the picture when you know that this is what god is expecting of you uh, and this is the direction god is driving your family to then you don't listen to anybody else then god takes preeminence there thank you for sharing that i you know just like we spoke about the generation that where we come from where you know we had the obligation of um you know taking care of the in-laws on the other hand we also have the generation that is coming now where they find it so easy to detach mm-hmm. where they are so quick to cut ties where mm-hmm. they are you know they just quickly want to lift their hands up saying that mm-hmm. this is not my responsibility i mean i i mean i understand the idea where it comes from where it's not exactly um completely on them however they are so detached with their parents you know and they've gotten so cold mm. you know and it's a sad thing where they are not you know considering the feelings or the thoughts mm. of uh, you know the older generation or um you know like for example you just hear of people saying um that's their problem they'll figure it out i understand that you're a unit now with your spouse and children um but does that mean that you completely like give up on that thought or give up on the idea of uh having to just you know not exactly take care but at least be sensitive to what to their needs yeah and, to their needs and, and I, i think that there are multiple aspects to this um my best example in scripture to think of um, two generations coming together is Saul and David. The Bible says David all through his life he honored the commitments that he had made towards Saul. And Saul was not a nice guy, you know. I can understand Saul <laughs> David doing that 
for a good guy for somebody who is sowing into his life somebody who is you know providing food clothing shelter this is a guy who is hunting david in spite of david being so good to him mm-hmm. in spite of all of that david continues to honor saul he continues to uh, keep his hands off of saul he could have killed him so many times overnight he could have become the success of the nation and yet david just refrained from fighting him he said it's not my time yet wow. i'm not going to touch him i'm not going to speak a sentence against him in fact at one point just to prove a point he had to cut off uh, a robe of saul the bible says the uh, his conscience began to prick him for doing that mm-hmm. one small thing mm-hmm. and i think that we have so much to learn from this story the fact that david in spite of his previous generation being demon possessed you know we talk talk of people who are not in the church our parents who are, who are not understanding our way of life or our principles or our revelations wait a minute this guy is a demon possessed what can be worse than that <laughs> exactly and still david did not dishonor him still david did not lift his finger against him so that's the level with which david was honoring and you know serving and yet the other side of the story is that david realized if i continue to stay in this house i'm going to continue to become a a practice thing for you know salt to throw javelins yeah. at like so a target i'm going to become his target so it's better that i get out of this place you know see this relationship had become so abusive that now it was threatening david's life so if you feel that there is a big uh, abuse in your relationship with, with your parents or your in-laws you have to detach yourself emotionally physically and you cannot tolerate abuse wow. any kind of abuse you wow. know if somebody is uh, mistreating your children or looking down on your spouse i i can't allow that kind of conversation even if it's my parents or my friends or church folks anybody to come in and speak demeaning things about people that i honor and value and continue to allow them access into my home no so when you find that it is going to constantly it's if it's a one time mistake i understand that but it's a pattern where constantly somebody is hurting and demeaning and speaking down to your spouse or to your children or to you in front of them they're not allowing you to function as the man of the house or the woman of the house then like david did he he spoke to jonathan and he said uh, i want to live in this house but this is what your father is doing he's bent on killing me what do i do so he eventually found a way to get out of that house see he had all the comfort of being in the palace and yet he preferred staying in the wilderness with no food no clothing no shelter with absolutely no help and do his life there then stay in the comfort of the palace where there was a culture of abuse so sometimes this detachment can cost you certain things can cost you your inheritance let's say or can cost you uh, some physical help that your in-laws are doing in taking care of your children or in cooking or whatever ways in which they are able to help but it is worth that sacrifice if there is abuse involved mm-hmm. you have to stand up for your spouse mm-hmm. especially if you're the man of the house in your sp- if your wife is being abused or looked down or mistreated in the house you have to stand up for her she is the weaker vessel mm. she is the one you have to defend and fight for 
And I'm not saying you have to start picking up fights with your mm. parents. And that's not what David did. He could have. He could have gone on an offensive against Saul. Instead, he said, I'm just going to withdraw. I'll find my own space to live in. I'll find my own ways to fend for myself. And I'll raise my own people. I'll find my own culture. Wow. You know, and he just withdrew from Saul. And he didn't go back to the city till Saul passed away completely. Like Saul, even his next generation who uh, became the next king, till that also became, went out of the picture, David did not assume leadership over the entire nation. So I think that's the kind of honor that you know God really enjoys. And that's why God said, here is a man after my own heart. Mm. So I, I feel that we need to have a balance. We can't just say detach or don't detach. Mm. We have to find out what is the reason that you want to run away. What is the reason that you're so disconnected from this? What is the reason that you're not gleaning on the experience and the wisdom that your parents can give you? As much as they are old or they are not part of your generation, your culture, there is so much that they can actually teach you from their stories, True. you know, from their sacrifices that they've had to make early on in life. And even the blessing that they give you, you know, even if one good word that they speak over your life, that carries you for a long time. Yeah. So it's a great honor to be blessed by your parents. Yeah. If your parents can bless you, if you can do whatever it takes to get one good blessing from your parent, awesome. You have to do, you have to work hard for it if necessary. But if you see that it's not blessings that's coming, it's only javelins that that's being thrown at me, then you need to find your own way to, you know, detach and figure out how you could do your marriage outside of their health. So true. I love the example of uh, David and Saul that you gave. When you started off, I thought you would speak about Naomi and Ruth because that would be the most obvious, yeah. uh, you know, example of uh, having in-laws. But I love the example of how you gave uh, something about um, David and, and Saul. And, and I was just, you know, th that was just directing me when you were talking to the next thing. Like, uh, I wonder sometimes, can, even though it's a family, right, can relationships in a family, can they actually get toxic? Because we hear so many times of, uh, you know, like, I'm not talking about the abuse part of it. But I've heard of, you know, how uh, we can fill years against, like, especially a, a mom can fill years to her son about the, the daughter-in-law, you know. And that relationship can get so toxic at sometimes. But if I say that out, you know, in the open, they're like, how can you say that? That's a, that's a mother and a son relationship. But honestly, you know, I do feel that, you know, maybe sometimes these relationships can get a little difficult to handle, even though they are, you know, uh, they are family, like not just with a mother and a son, sometimes even between siblings. Yeah, you know? very true. I, I think that it happens because we don't have the correct boundaries. We don't define our relationships well. As soon as you get married, your primary responsibility is towards your wife. Your wife is the or your husband is the primary person in your life. Mm. You know, till the day that you get married, there are so many people, you know, that you would consider very important and very integral part of your core. But as soon as you get married, that person, all those other people get replaced with your husband. Mm. Your husband or your wife becomes the number one priority. Everything else gets demoted. Everybody else gets, you know, removed from that, you know, inner circle. You will definitely have a bigger circle, 
where you involve people that you trust and you know all of that but nobody can talk to you or tell you things that is going to hurt your relationship with your spouse if you're entertaining a voice like that if you're entertaining people like that that is going to be very destructive to you on a long term and as soon as you find that it could be a sibling or a in-law whoever it is he's he's or she's talking to me about my spouse things that i don't completely agree with things that i don't see and it is causing more issues between me and my spouse because of that you have to define that to be a abusive relationship because uh, somebody is you know down playing your you know authority as the husband of the house or they are actually demeaning the role your wife has to play in your life and Uh, you have to immediately define that to be a abusive relationship you have to immediately say this is a voice i don't want to give my ears to now there can be things that are said in ignorance you know we can't say every person who said something is toxic you know we have to learn to discern when something is said in ignorance and something is just a a lifestyle or something is actually intentionally done to hurt your relationship and especially when it is the latter two if it's a lifestyle if it's habitual you have to withdraw you you can't change their perspective by trying to be there and trying to tell them oh wait this is not mm-hmm. how life is done this mm-hmm. is not how marriage is done you can't change somebody's mind about not killing you you know if that person is hell bent on throwing javelins at you how can you sit and convince him saying please don't do this to me again mm. you know uh, it's if they are they they've made up their mind you know that they don't like you they don't like your spouse then they're going to keep on doing it if it's a one time thing i understand you know you can get in say you know put your feet down and say no 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 please don't talk to me about my wife like this ever again and when you're dealing with your mother you have to explicitly say she is my wife you can't make her look like an outsider you have to explicitly mention that an attack on her is an attack on me you know that's the picture that everybody needs to get about you and your relationship and if that picture is clear and if you have drawn the correct boundaries around yourself then the relationships you know can be preserved you know the problem is that we don't draw these boundaries early on in our marriage mm. we do this when a problem comes and yes, when so an issue comes and and when there is you know confusion and chaos all of a sudden we want to just push people away and then it becomes a challenge so my advice would be to especially those that are heading into marriage start drawing boundaries now start mm. preparing yourself yeah. to to you know define certain relationships in your circle and say these people i will still love them but i will decrease their priority in my relationship they will not know everything that's happening between me and my spouse they will not have access into our relationship and any time they try to talk negative and try to keep demeaning my husband or my wife i am going to slowly start detaching and withdrawing from certain voices and certain people that bring those voices into my life uh, and if we do that early on then you know people will begin to value and respect mm. your unity with your spouse yeah. you know your oneness with your spouse and that will be much more beneficial to you yeah. over over a long period yeah. yeah 
And, and I like the way you said, like, prepare yourself before yeah. marriage, you know. A lot of us prepare ourselves through movies. Yeah. <laughs> we think that we watched yeah. movies, all these uh, rom-coms, and we think that, oh, now I've got a degree on how I can manage marriage. I think But, for managing in-laws, we watch uh, series. Yeah. In India, you know, how there is this constant yeah. fight. Especially the, the Indian mother. series, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, my God, with all the with drama. drama yeah. and everything. Yeah. And I think that... Uh, you know culture does tell us what is going wrong what is going bad you know but our ultimate definition of marriage has to be from scripture yeah the culture we follow has to be scriptural the principles that we uh, found our marriage on like the foundations of our marriage the principles that we put there has to be from scripture everything else can be worked upon as you you know go through life there are preferences that you can edit and update and upgrade as you go through life but yeah. the principles has to be scriptural mm. the principles has to be something that god has said so be it and this is what my will is this is what my desire is for your marriage and as long as we've got that right we can really go long yeah i'm glad that we have marriage courses where we can advise people you know who are young because some of them come with you know very and you can't blame them it's because of the way they've been brought up but very deformed ideas of what marriage, marriage can look yeah. like because of their own past or True. because of you know they've come from broken families but i'm glad that we can help them with courses where they can you know step into something with a right idea mm. or you know or even if they don't have an idea they get a better idea of what yeah. marriage can be courses are good books are good mm. there are many podcasts that you know talk about marriage mm. and you know they bring out a lot of conversation you can subscribe to some of them you could even get a mentor or a counselor who can help you see something that you're not seeing yourself you know it always helps to have a, a feedback or somebody else giving you a perspective that you didn't think about you know you can actually have someone that is not actually giving you advice constantly but somebody who is just listening to you and yeah. seeing if there is any contradiction in how you are behaving mm. and how you are believing certain mm. things so a lot of these things help because we are bound to follow the culture that our parents have set before us if we don't bring any course corrections we are going to be exact replicas wow. of our parents wow. and things like these can help us to bring course corrections can help us to bring changes in our relationships and in our uh, in, in the way that we go ahead and mm. in the way that we have conversations with people around us so um, so I, i hope and our prayer is that people will definitely catch that and and mm. pursue help and pursue you know yeah. conversations pursue counseling pursue uh, content that yeah. is going to become foundation yeah. for their marriage also i you know i'm i'm just bringing this up randomly but uh when the in-laws or rather the parents think that you're ready for marriage just because you're of a certain age they think that you're ready for marriage and there's this pressure on you to want to get married and then you meet someone who you want to get married to but your thoughts don't align your uh, your values don't align and and in a time like that it's better to take time off you know but the pressure is so high you don't know how to say no you don't know how to like uh, you know retract from mm. what you've put yourself into 
you know for people like that i i hope and pray that they're able to make a stand mm. or you know or able to say wait not right now I, mm. we need to be on the same page mm. or i need to get to know this person better mm. you know um i come from a time where choices were not really given especially in arranged marriages mm. where they were not given the choices of you know if the parents thought that it was a right time then they had to just get married without mm. really but now we're in a in a place where we have the help so we should you know make absolutely i don't think that there could ever be a time when you're fully prepared for marriage you know true. like i've been married for 10 years <laughs> yeah. and i know that i'm still not prepared and so ready true. to you know yeah. to do everything god is expecting me to do but i think that uh, your level of uh, openness to understanding learning uh, getting perspective getting help that will tell you if you're ready to get married hmm. if you're still Uh, devoid of any understanding about marriage then you shouldn't get married you know no matter what the parents are saying no matter what culture friends people whoever is saying whatever don't get married but if you're ready to receive help seek help seek solutions and answers yeah you have a community around you who are willing to come by your side to pour into you then it doesn't matter if you know even if you feel not prepared you know that you know you'll have a family to really believe yeah. and push you through this yeah. then go ahead you know you will definitely have help yeah i agree with that statement because i i i tell a lot of the youngsters you know get married young rather than get ma- getting married old it's not like you will have all the answers on your table mm-hmm. but as long as you have someone to guide you as long as you have someone who you can turn to when they correct you mm-hmm. like nothing like it thank you so much apostle for yeah. doing this it was such a fun talk i hope the others find insight on this and i hope this blesses yeah. people um we will plan on doing more podcasts like this and if there is if any of you all feel um a, a need for a certain topic to be discussed please yeah. do let us know yeah you should write to us you know you could email us at info@pastorbridge.com at and let us know any particular topic that you would want us to deal with and we would love to Uh, address those in these conversations yes, thank you for doing this uh, we hope this blesses the listeners uh, please tune in for the other podcasts as well and we hope um, that you are uh, you are learning as we are learning together on this journey and god bless you and hope we connect with you all soon goodbye